something to preach because I don't see a hole on the stage. Is that right? It's all anointed. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you stand and either pull out your phone, if your Bible's on your phone, or your Bible and put it in your hand. If you don't have a Bible with you, then just um, find the person next to you and scoot in close. Um, you can open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians 13. I think it's going to be on the screen too. As I read the word this morning, um, specifically this verse, I want you to really think about the, what love is. And so this, sometimes we throw like love around. We talk about love and we say, love you. We'll text love you to people. We'll tell people we love them. But when you say that, this is what the Bible defines love as. And so I want us to re, like, remember. It's easy to forget sometimes what love is, but the Bible actually specifically tells us what love is. And so as I read it to you, I want you to be looking at it for yourself. And to remind yourself, oh, this is what love actually is. It says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It says that love bears all things, that love believes all things, that love hopes all things, that love endures all things. And finally, it says that love never ends, it never fails. So God, we thank you that you tell us how to love. You show us exactly what love is because it says in your word that God is love. And so this is who you are to us. And we thank you, God, that you are all these things towards us. We thank you, God, this morning for your word. We thank you, God, that your love never fails. That it's ever-present, that it's real and tangible, and it's full of life for us, God. You're so good, Father. And we thank you again for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So before you sit down, because we want to show love, I want you to find someone and tell them something that's kind because you're going to actually exemplify what love is to someone else. So find someone and tell them something kind or do something kind towards them. I've seen a hug. Aw, you guys are so good at this. Sometimes we have to try it out.
All of those things that I listed to you are who God is. And in 1 John 4, 16, at the end of it, it says, God is love. And I love to think that God is patient and kind, and he's not rude, and he never fails. All the things that it says that love is. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God is in him. And it's just amazing like that, it, that he doesn't just tell us to love him or love people, but he also tells us what and how to be love. How many of you guys are 100% successful in the list? None of you? Me neither. How many of you guys could work? How many of you guys thought, oh, that's one thing I could work on as I read it? Like, uh, different times, different places, different things. Like, you know, I'm always like, as I've been raising my kids, I always draw them back to this. I have a sign on my wall in my house that reads this scripture. And when they start acting rude, I'm like, wait, but the love of God is what? And love is, and you say you love your sibling, but what is it? And they're like, love isn't rude. I'm like, yeah. You know, like that we're working the scripture in our lives, that we're actually representing the scripture. And so in Matthew 22, verse 37, and Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And I think about that scripture of like, okay, then encompassing what love is, and then to love God in that fullness. And that's 100%. Like when you're in a relationship with God, you don't bring your 50 and him bring his 50 to get the 100, right? We both bring 100%, and that's that relationship. It's loving God with everything you have. And, and out of that place of love, like, like it, that's where it, like everything of your life should start from. It should be born in that space. It should live in that space, that space of the love of God. And as I was reading through Joshua, and God was like teaching the people about himself, and, and they were winning wars, and they were taking the promised land, Joshua 23, verse 10 through 11, the Lord was, Joshua was speaking to them, and he says, one man of you puts up to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he has promised, be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. And I thought about that, that the territory in which you live, your neighborhood, or your job, or wherever you're at, like, that the the idea is that we it all comes and is based in the love of God. Like all of our actions and reactions and how we live and what we do and how we work and all the things should be based in that that deep relationship, that love that you have for God. And it's our position of victory. Like he was reminding them, look, you fought these things because I'm with you and don't forget that I that you love me. And so I just want to remind you that it's not, your love isn't based on your own strength. It's not based on your own abilities or the tools you have or, or how many people follow you or this or that. It's really based strictly in the love of God. So as we go on, Matthew 22 verse 39 says, and second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And as we're doing Mission Sunday, this is my, like, space. How do we reach our neighbors? 
Like, we're talking about reaching the world, talking about reaching people, but reaching your actual neighbor. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Like, there, there isn't anything less in the passion and the zeal you have for God as in the passion and the zeal you should have for your neighbor. It says, actually, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So who's your neighbor? The person next door? The people that you find in your path as you like go to the coffee shop, are those your neighbors? Or in Walmart, the people you walk by? How about just your friends, the people you like? Are those your neighbors? How about your enemies? Are those your neighbors? Those irritating coworkers that just get up underneath your skin? Or the person that you're driving behind that just like won't get out of the way? How about your neighbor is anyone that's not you? I was reading a commentary about who my neighbor is, and it says everyone in whom, everyone which whom you are concerned, which is virtually all men. So say what's up to your neighbor. Like look at him and talk, and talk to him. <laughs> that's your neighbor. In Galatians 5.14, it says the entire law is filled in this single decree. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. And then in Romans 13.10, it says, love does no wrong to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. No wrong. Living out that love that's evident that's real, that's, that's out of the love of, that you have for actually Jesus. Like we can't actually love without the love of God being in us. So how well do you actually love yourself? If we're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, like if you check, had a checklist, how well do you love yourself? I think we all pretty, are pretty good at that. Would you say you're pretty good at loving yourself? You feed yourself, dress yourself, thankfully, bathe yourself. All the things, we're really good at taking care of ourselves. There's certain things that we might not be super good at taking care of ourselves. I know that some people like get massages every week. They're really good at taking care of themselves in that way. Or there's people that get their nails done, they take care of themselves that way. I don't get my nails done every week. I get my toes done, but not my fingers, you know. Not every week, sorry, like every month. Every week would be a lot. But, you know, we all take care of ourselves in different ways. Some people go to the gym. Some people, you know, do this and do that. I don't know. Some people buy, like, a really nice car because that's their way of taking care of themselves. But we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. So you've got your loving you down. Now it's time for us to show it outside. And in John, 1 John four twenty one, it says, And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God. So is that you? Do you love God? Must also love his brother. So this is a command. This isn't just like a maybe if I want to, if I feel like it. A lot of times I'm, I want to check your heart this morning. Because sometimes we want to check our location. Like if we're in the right place at the right time, we can love people well. If everything's going well, then I have the ability to love well. 
Sometimes it's about, I want to check your feelings. It's not about your feelings. Like, if I'm happy, then I can smile at my neighbor. If I'm moody, then don't look at me. Because that's your fault, not mine. Sometimes our love re- responses, are, we're dictating them based on where we're at and how good things are going in our lives. We're basing them on how we feel. And sometimes we base it on a big thing called our own opinion. And so this is really about your heart saying, okay, where's my heart and my love for God? And out of that, out of that place of loving God, then I can love other people well. And how effectively are you actually loving people? And why do we even need to love people? See, the power, I read this and I thought this was a very, very powerful statement. That the power to change our world can only be born from love. And it has to be a, con, con, a really good effort between all of us. You loving people well, and me loving people well, and you loving people well, and then we can actually change our world. But it's not going to be just doing good things here and there and trying to like do this and do that. It's actually out of a place of love. And, it's, and that's the, the key scripture. How many of you know John 3.16? For God so loved the world. All of it came out of that place. And so that changed the whole world. His love for the world. And so out of us, that same love that he has for us has to be born in us and come through us to change our world. So in 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, It is good and pleasing in the sight of the Lord our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So when I'm asking you who your neighbor is, it's anyone and everyone, right? And it's God's desire that anyone and everyone would come into, into the kingdom. So it doesn't matter who you come across. It's an opportunity for you to be a minister and represent the heart of God and the love of God to them. And so I, I was thinking about all people, and that's all people in all races. How about all the grandmas and grandpas? How about all the lawyers and the baristas out there? How about all the people that are beachgoers or teenagers or homeowners? How about the people that live in your neighborhood? How many neighbors do you actually have in your neighborhood? I went and drove with my kids around my neighborhood because I pray frequently over my neighbors. And we have 99 houses in my, my subdivision. Do you know how many houses are in your subdivision? Do you know how many, who your neighbors are? what their names are, and, and what they do, so that you can pray and love them well. It's actually getting involved, getting invested in where God put you. Do you believe that God put you in a specific location on purpose? Or you just randomly said, oh, I like this house, so I want to move to this house. Or I really like this area, so I'm going to live in, in Wisconsin, and I'm just randomly here. Or I just grew up here, so I'm just... Ra- there isn't randomness with God. He's specifically orchestrated exactly where you live and why you live where you live so that you can reach the community of people that you are surrounded by. You don't even have to go very far. How far is your door to your neighbor's door? How many steps? Not, it probably doesn't make you get winded. 
unless you live really far in the country. So we can reach our neighbors. We can reach people. They're really close and they're at access. They have, we have access to them. I, it's just taking opportunities. And so like, even this week, I was, I'm going to PT for my wrist and I was on my way to like, to there and I was praying and I was like, okay, God, he has like to sit with me for the next 45 minutes. And he has my full attention. So how do I reach him for the kingdom? Like he can't get away from me. Like even if he wanted to. How do I love him well? And so in the conversation, I'm talking to him about just like, just being like, not necessarily even super strategic about what I was talking about, just being real and being open and honest about what God has done in my life. And in the end of the conversation, he's like, I'm going to remember that. Like, that was really good. I'm going to take that, and, and I want to live that out. And I was thinking, like, how many times, God, even in the, it, see, that's why it's not a location check. Like, I don't really want to be at PT with my wrist hurting. And yet, even though that I'm there, it's a heart check. Okay, God, well, this is an opportunity. So how do I use this opportunity to reach someone for Jesus? How do I pour the love of God into them? How do I, how do I represent you? And sometimes... See, I do have illustrations, just a few. Just small. Just smaller. Sometimes we represent God in such a way that people are like, what's going on? What is that? What are you saying up there? How are, you know, they're questioning. And I, I like... I think that we do that a lot. Like we, we carry a certain position with God, but we don't like necessarily blast it. Or it's not really like 100% noticeable. If that makes sense. Like they could be a believer, they could not. I'm not really sure. And so I was at the coffee shop. Um, I like being at the coffee shop. I was at the coffee shop with the barista and she was in front of me and she, there was another man there that is a believer and um, she's like, do you know him? And I was like, yeah. She's like, he is so kind. He's just such a kind person. And I was like, yeah, that's so awesome. And I was thinking, like, as a believer, he is representing the love of God because as we read earlier, love is kind in such a way that she's actually taking note of it. Is your love such, is your kindness such a representation of the love of God that people are taking note of it? How well are you showing the love of God and representing the heart of God in all the situations that you could encounter where someone's like, I just can't believe how kind they are. And I want to challenge you because it wasn't that she was like, oh, he loves God, he knows God, I want to know God too. It was just a small seed planted in, his, in, in that person's heart. And so in 1 John 3.18, it says, little children, let us love, let us, sorry, let us not love in word and talk, but in deed and truth. And I think this is where we have to start representing it more in our action and what we do versus just what we say. Hey, I love God, but I don't ever, ever do anything in deed or in truth. And Jesus, I can show it to you with Jesus because he wasn't in the, the easiest of situations. He's going to be arrested. He was in the where the guards all came to rush upon him after Judas kissed him. And what did one of his brothers, like his 
his buddies do. He cut the ear off of the, the guard. You know? He was like, we're not having this. Slices his ear off, the ear fell on the ground. You know? And Jesus picks up the ear and like replaces it right back up on his face. And this was someone that was against him, his enemy. The love of God was evident to those surrounding him like, look, God is greater in this space. And, and, and how well did he love regardless of what the pressure around him is, regardless of what they were saying and what was happening. And his love really was like displayed effectively in that space. We can't just look for the, the perfect moments and these ideal situations, but we actually have to take every opportunity. Every time you come across someone, you have an opportunity to have their ear and their attention to show them the love of God, to speak the love of God to them, to give them um, how much God, how effectively God loves them. So, and it's all in different ways. Because I want to give you an example in my life because the people do really love well. And how God uses them to, to represent his heart. Because you're called to represent the heart of God to people that you encounter. And so I have a neighbor and it's an older gentleman. He's like in his 80s. And... So, like, in this last few months, Callie started driving. And that's been real interesting. The first few times that I got in the car, I kind of just expected her to know what she was doing. I don't know why I thought that. But that was not the case. And, like, after 30 minutes, I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Like, this is a lot harder. Like, my whole system was, like, uh, overload too much this is too hard and I remember sitting in the car and in my mind I was like God where's Romero he needs to be here to be doing this because I don't want to be doing this and I'm just this is just a half an hour like I remember like speaking to him about it because it was very challenging to do that she's doing really well at driving you don't have to stay off the roads now And she probably is going to ask me for $10 because I used her in a sermon. Because my mom will tell her that I spoke about her. And then they normally say, oh, I get $10 if you speak about me. I don't ever pay them. It's just real fun to say. Anyway, so so we're outside and we're hanging out. And all of a sudden, my neighbor, Bob, walks over. And he's been, like, in our lives and we know him, like, well. And... He's like, so, Callie started to drive. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I know that can kind of be hard with mothers and daughters and stuff. And I'm like, oh? You felt that? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I kind of remember my wife and, and our kids. And, and he's like, well, if she'd, if she'd like it, I would um, I'd drive with her. And we, I'd, I'd teach her, and I was like, really? And so I wasn't sure if Callie would be way into it or not. And she's like, yeah, I'll do it. Well, he's been driving with her like two or three times a week for an hour in a spot. And I thought about God and how much he says he's the father to the fatherless. And how much he just had Bob, Bob's a believer, Bob be his hands and feet for me 
on behalf of my daughter because who knows where our relationship would have went. I mean, thank you, Jesus. And he's actually been showing up and just teaching her and being all calm and cool and she's loving it and she's learning all the things about driving And I just am so thankful because as believers, this is what we should be. The representation of Jesus and what he says when he's like, I'm going to be the father to the fatherless. Jesus doesn't just impersonate himself and come and stand next to my kids. He actually uses people like you. And we get to be the love of God in people's lives. And I actually never ask Bob. I never went over to his house and said, hey, I'm struggling, would you do this? God was on it and moving in his heart. And so when God is moving in your heart and you might think it's not a big deal, it might be a real huge deal for someone else. And to actually say, God, let your love transpire and be born through me and in me, that it might work in other people's lives. See, and then it might not be easy. And so God gives us this in Romans um, 13, verse 14. I'm skipping one. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh or to gratify its desires. That means like putting on love to represent him. To say, I'm going to put Jesus on so much that they don't even see Becca. They just see the love of God. That it should ooze out of you like for real. That it's not a question. It's not questionable. That when people encounter you, they're like, oh, you know God and you love God. And you don't even have to do much because it just is part of who you are. It comes through you. You love God so much that the love of God isn't a question when they encounter you. In Moses' time, he's like, God, I, I, there's a lot of people on the earth, so how do we look different? Because God is in you and on you, in your life in such a way that it's actually different. That it actually is notable. That people are looking at your life and saying, wow, I can't believe how much God is on their life and how much the love of God comes through their life. And so if you, if you want to know in Second Corinthians 5.14, it says, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. That the love of God actually should control our lives. Not just option. I, today, I just don't feel like it. That's not an option. Well, I'm, I mean, nothing's going right in my world. Well, that's not, that doesn't depict how well you can love and represent Christ. I was thinking about like different stories. And so I was thinking about Daniel and I read through the story of Daniel and Daniel was a slave. He was taken from his land to another land. So if that alone is like, okay, none of us are slaves. So you each have like not that against you. Maybe you feel like a slave at your job. I don't know. But in his story, he loved God so much that it was actually noted. 
Like, oh, I don't want to look like the rest of these people. I'm going to take a stance and love God so much. And then God honored his love. And there was a difference. And then all of a sudden, the king was like, I had this wild dream. And I want all of you to tell me what my dream was and what it meant. How many of you guys have ever done that? No, I've never even heard of it before this story. And so the king was like, if you can't do it, then I'm going to kill all of you. So all of the, like, the men that were like wise and the magistrates and the seers and all the men, which included Daniel and his three friends, were going to die. And Daniel's like, time out, hold on, hold on. And he prayed and asked the Lord, and the Lord moved in his life, and he was able to say, hey, wait, don't kill all the people. And he could have just said, hey, don't kill us. Like, we're going to figure this out. But he actually had a love for the people and a love for the king that was represented in that moment. God actually gave him the dream and the vision and the interpretation, sorry. And the king actually was like, he's the God of all gods. Salvation came to the kingdom because of what the representation of Daniel and his life. Because he wasn't allowing the location and his situation to deter what God could do through him. And we sometimes do that in our world. We allow our situations and our emotions and our feelings to deter us from allowing the love of God to actually just live through us. And we look for these high, big moments. And God's like, no, every day, each day, anyone and everyone, all the time. You can love people all the time. You can represent me anywhere. It's not just like on a stage or in a big moment or this or that, but any, any space. And I can do anything because our power is connected to the love of God. Did you hear that? The power that you actually have is connected to the love of God. Your relationship with God. So when you walk into that situation and, and the love of God is encouraging you to pray for the sick, the power is in the midst of the love of God. Oh, I love God so much that he's going to meet this person. And he loves me and them so much that he's going to do it. You know that we're connecting the love of God in the victory together. It says in Colossians 3.14, it says, Above all the other things, it says to put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So he's given you the provision of love. Maybe you need to get a marker and write the love of God on you. Because I'm putting on the love of God. Because sometimes we don't have it. We don't have enough. And that's why he's like, just put it on. Because then you've got it. Just wear it. Just wear it. Like, oh, hey, if you're struggling with it, here, I, I just put the love, put, I put on love. I put on love. How many of you guys wake up in the morning and be like, spray your perfume. I put on love and just bask in it or something, you know? Like, ooh. I mean, just let it cover you and just be like, I'm just going to love today. Sometimes we have to actually be conscious and effortful in what we're doing to be effective and it has to be more about him and less about me. It, it is you getting an opportunity to represent God on the earth. 
is you're representing him. And so when, when John 15, when, when this was written, when Jesus said this, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go. You're sent. That you should go. That means you can't just, it's actually effort, right? Going is effort. Yes? Yeah. You should go and bear fruit and that the fruit should abide or remain. So whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I have commanded you so that you will love one another. So it's saying fruit that will remain. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And so I started going through commentaries of like, what does that actually mean? Like, what are you talking about? Like, exactly. And the fruit is people. And remain means eternal. Because when we are bearing fruit, we're, we're, we're finding people. And people are actually eternal. Right? So when we're bearing good fruit, we're bringing people into the kingdom. And we're, 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 we're changing lives and we're reaching people for Jesus. And we're, we're bringing that fruit into the kingdom that God is saying, hey, in your life, people should be coming to Jesus on your left and on your right. Because you're bearing good fruit. The love of God is, like, is so evident that people are just like, I, hey, I want Jesus too. Do you represent it that way? That people are like... She has Jesus and I want Jesus. There's something so good there. That was Paul and Silas when they were in jail in Acts 16, verse 30 through 31. See, their position, because sometimes I feel like we get real caught up in it. It has to look so good and perfect in these perfect situations. And they were in jail because they were reaching people for Jesus. And as they were sitting in jail an earthquake happened and shook the jail and their chains came off. And the jailer said, he came to them and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to get saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your whole household. And their evidence of their love for God as they're bound up and in in chains and they're singing songs and hymns because singing is a good thing to the Lord. Like, all of a sudden, they were representing Christ in such a way that they weren't even saying anything to them. And the people, the jailer was like, hey, I want what you have. I want to get saved. And their whole household was saved. See, you have what it's in you is Jesus. And Jesus can affect a whole household. Jesus can actually affect a whole community. At the woman at the well, he affected the whole community. We actually are in Walworth County because we have a place to impact. We have people to reach. Specifically, you individually have people to reach. I cannot reach everyone because there's things that I carry that will reach this group of people. And then there's things that you carry that would reach this group of people. I don't know how, how many of you have never been in Box and Burlap. Raise your hand if you've never been in Box and Burlap. There's a lot of you. You should go there. It's such good coffee. So I actually go in there regularly, and I have impact in that place. Even yesterday, I was sitting, and there was a wedding, and I started praying over the bride. I'm, I'm moving territory and doing things in the kingdom because that's someplace I go. Where do you go? Where is your favorite ice cream place? Where's your favorite coffee shop? What I don't we all don't live in the same neighborhood. A couple of us do. 
a mom and dad live in the same neighborhood as me? What in the neighborhood that you live in? And the people that live beside you, do you know their names? Have you, have you reached out into their world and said, hey, how can I do anything? What can I do? And it doesn't have to be these crazy things. It just is bearing fruit and being light and being salt and saying, hey, I'm going to be light as I walk through the streets. I'm going to smile at people. I'm going to love people. I'm going to represent the love of God in such a way that people are so like, wait, what's going on in their world? What are they doing that, that's different? Who's in their lives that, that isn't in my life? And then one by one, we're going to change Warth County. Do you know that there's a lot of people in Warth County that don't know, the, know Jesus? Do you know someone that doesn't know Jesus? If you know someone in Warth County that doesn't know Jesus, raise your hand. Yeah. How many of you guys know two people in Warth County that don't know Jesus? How about three? How about four? How about five? How about anywhere you go? There's probably someone that doesn't know Jesus and, and, and the place that you live is really cool because the people come here to enjoy this area and so they just come to you. Like you could stand almost anywhere and someone would walk by you if you stand by the, the lake. And there's an opportunity for you to reach someone for Jesus. And it's not, it's just you representing him. And if you don't know what to do or how to do it, then how, when's the last time you said, God, give me a heart for the lost? When's the last time you prayed, God, help me to love like I've never loved before? When's the last time you said, God, teach me how to reach people for you? Show me them. Let me see the hurting. Give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear so that I can have the heart for the people of this community like never before. Or your family. Or your friends. Or the people you do life with. That, that you, you do life with them and they don't even know Jesus because they don't even know you know Jesus. Because you haven't represented them in such a way that they're saying, hey, what's different about you? Why is it like that? Like where we actually were, like someone might come up to me and be like, it's kind of weird. What's going on? on your arms like is that real like where they would be like did you really do that no it's wash off actually asking god for daily encounters because we can get caught up in feeding ourselves and getting coffee we can get caught up in that we can get caught up in going shopping and getting the clothes that we look the best in and we can get caught up in going to movies and we can get caught up in all the things of the world whatever you like but whatever you like can it be a place that you represent him can't be that be your focus when's the last time you re refocused your heart refocused your attention and said, what, why am I on the earth? Am I here to eat and to wear clothes and to do the fun things and, and work this job? Oh, I would work this job again. And play soccer, all the things, you know. But really, we're really not here for all those things. Those things are just pluses. The real reason we're here is to actually be a light. To to do the first and second commands, to love God with everything and to love our neighbor as ourselves. He doesn't ask you for anything else. He said, this is a great thing. 
It all ties into that one thing. If you love me, and out of that love you love your neighbor, we're going to change the world. We're going to reach this community. We're going we're to see something that's never happened before. We're going to see all of our county reached. How many of you guys want to see all the people in North County reach that you actually would have to move out of the county because you'd have to reach someone in a different county? Or maybe you'd have to... uh, No, wait, I'm going to rephrase that. Maybe you just have to go on vacation to reach a different county. Yeah. Or different world. Like, you're, you're... We're supposed to love people. I challenge you with everything in me that you would just not just look like where people are like, kind of, huh? But actually, maybe you need to write it on yourself to remind yourself, hey, I'm actually a representation of Jesus' love in the world in 2022 on July 17th. Because today is a day of salvation. When's the last time that you checked yourself and said, okay, how, when's the last time I reached someone for Jesus? Today. Is the day we're supposed to reach people for Jesus. And tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. Loving people so well. Would you please stand? And if you need to, I brought, I brought all the goods. You can do it. You can actually just, you know, put it on a... You can write the love of God. Because sometimes we actually have to refocus our hearts. We just actually have to be so in love with Jesus that it just comes out of us. Are you so in love with him that it just pours out of you? God, just move, just pray over your heart. Say, God, let there be a love connection. Let there be an intimacy that, that's so deep that, it, that there's nothing else I want more. God, we want more of you in our lives that we could, we could pour it into other people that we could represent peace, that we could represent hope, that we could represent salvation, that we could represent the love of God in such dramatic and awesome ways that people won't ever be the same and that we'll pull them out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. God, let us be the most salty group of people ever that people would be like, whoa, that's Jesus. I've never seen Jesus's love so transparent in someone. God, move on our hearts this morning. God, pour your love in us. We put love on. We bind love around us. We ask God that we could love our neighbors. We ask God that you would give us love for our enemies, that you would give us love for the ugly, that you would give us love for those that are that are, are, are politicians, that you would give us love in such a dramatic and drastic way that we would be refocused and realigned with your kingdom. God, we want more of your kingdom on the earth. God, we want more territory from the enemy, and we want to take back all of the people that the enemy has tried to rob. Let your light shine in us. God, move in our hearts. Give us compassion. We ask you that you would give us so much compassion for the lost. Like never before that our heart would break for those things that break your heart, God. God, we won't be moved if you don't give us compassion. We need the love that you have. God, we won't move without that love. And I ask God for a boldness like never before to flood each heart in this room. That we would have a boldness to reach people for Jesus. That there would be power displayed out of that place of boldness. That it says that you said to be strong and courageous out of a place of courage, like boldness, and let the love of God just flood through our hearts and lives. 
God, we ask for more of you. It says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We put you on. Let people know you through our lives, God. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, God. That will never be the same. Let us never be the same, God. In Jesus' name. in your heart this morning may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you may the Lord be gracious unto you lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in Jesus mighty name amen love God love people amen amen go in his grace